Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments for the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball fights, and NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and the fan favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's really easy to get started. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up and use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. It is the Arizona Cardinals-centric specific show. We talk about, the, of course, the Arizona Cardinals as we are in their backyard. I am one of your hosts. I am Javon J. Love Adams. And with me, as always, is Ed Easy Smith. Not only did he play uh, professional baseball, he was he was fast. He was on the base paths, right? Paths, not path, right? Yeah, I had 14 stolen bases one year, man. Don't Shoot, sleep that's on the big dude. Don't sleep on I, the big dude. I ain't sleeping on you. And he also played in the <laughs> National Football League. He is vested. And for those who don't know, do your Googles and you understand that that is definitely an important thing. How you living, man? Doing good, man. Just creeping through this offseason. Uh, happy June, man. Happy June. Happy June. So we have a great show lined up for you today. A couple of things that we want to talk about. Uh, we, some, some sad news to, uh, to talk about today to, to start off the show. Then some, uh, people that showed up at OTAs. And one of the things that, uh, that my partner, when we were talking about this just the other day, uh, Ed mentioned why one of the reasons why maybe some of these people showed up and then, uh, you know, is it sink or swim for a certain number, a certain couple of guys in a position group? And then want to talk about how you move on from replacing somebody who's no longer with the team, whether it's for tragedy purposes or just they're no longer with the team. And then I wanted to take to dive into Ed's brain just a little bit about playbooks. We always hear about playbooks, 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 and you're just kind of how complicated can they be? But starting off, you have some sad news to, uh, to, to share. I'm sure that especially folks who follow the Arizona Cardinals are already aware of this, but Cardinals uh, cornerback Jeff Gladney, uh, he passed away in a car accident, uh, over the, uh, over the, the holiday weekend. Um, he was a new addition to the Arizona Cardinals. He had, you know, just, been signed um, to a two-year contract when it kind of one of those almost a reclamation project of sorts because of kind of a shaky start to his career just a couple of years into his career but it happened in Dallas in the Dallas area overnight um, our, our condolences of course I mean that's it's it doesn't matter if it's uh, somebody who plays sports or if somebody who is uh, just to that works in the the cubicle next to you when somebody passes away especially it's, at any time it's uh, it's it's something to to, to take a moment of pause, but when you're young, so young, and there's so much, as you would imagine, so much life ahead of them, it's definitely a sad thing. Yeah, it definitely is, Jay. And you know, the, you know, that six degrees of separation, he actually was a first round pick of the Minnesota Vikings in 2020. And obviously my nephew's up there in uh, Minnesota. So they, you know, uh, just it hits closer to home when it could be somebody that somebody knows, you know, and then for this young man just uh, had some trouble early in his career. Uh, you know, seemed like he was getting back on track. Obviously, the Cardinals thought enough to to pick him up. And you would think, you know, at that tender young age, so much life ahead of him, and for it to be cut short so unexpected, you know, unexpectedly, it's just it's that it makes it that much sadder because of, like I said, the the the, the extreme loss of life, the number of years that he possibly had in front of him. 
Indeed, indeed. And this is, and it's, it's, I think it's probably something that gets repeated oftentimes, regardless of when somebody passes away unexpectedly. Sometimes if people have lived a long and fruitful life or a long productive life um, in their seventies or eighties or whatever it is. And then they pass away. You say, well, at least they lived a long life. But when somebody passes away unexpectedly, you start to think about those, the, of course, those, those phrases where live every, every moment to the fullest. And there's, you know, there's some wiggle room within there, but it, what it, what I take away from it is maximize your potential. Try to try every day to maximize your potential just to have a, if it's a poor day, when you start off, Try to make it a good day. Try to maximize it and try to do the best you can um, and not necessarily live like there's no tomorrow, but let's live like there is a tomorrow, but we're going to max out today and then try to max out tomorrow and try to max out the next day, et cetera, to do the best that we can to impact people in a positive way. But definitely our condolences go out to the family and it's, uh, you know, it's a, you've, you've been in that, in, whether in the locker room or in the clubhouse, it's a fraternity. It's a brotherhood. So whether you like a dude or not, you, you don't want to see somebody die. And so it's so definitely our condolences go out to him and his family. Well said, Jay. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. So believe in the Arizona Cardinals. It is definitely an awkward transition, but the OT, the second week of OTAs had uh, began earlier in the week and there was somebody who there are a group of folks that showed up in terms of to the, to the second week of OTAs. And there's, and again, I think uh, my partner easy has maybe one um, idea or maybe suggestion as to maybe why uh, a thought as to maybe why some of these folks showed up, but we had uh, what Marquise uh, Marquise Brown showed up. We had DJ Humphreys, Justin Pugh, Kelvin Beecham. Oh yeah. And Kyler Murray showed up as well uh, to, to OTAs. And of course the Cliff Kingsbury was, was of course happy to have uh, his players uh, there. Uh, so that was for the Wednesday, for the Wednesday OTA uh, like kind of practice and walkthrough, et cetera. Your thoughts on that and your, your, um, your, your thoughts as to why maybe Kyler and the, and the group showed up in this particular instance. Yeah. I, you know, anytime you get attendance, that's good. I just wish we didn't have to go through all the drama to get there, you know, and I'm not sure, you know, I'm, I can't get into Kyler's head uh, per se to, to figure out why this week instead of last week where they could have put a lot of this, you know, you never stir up any dust if he shows up last week and maybe, Jay, enough people were talking about it and his, you know, I guess lack of presence and they're questioning his leadership and, you know, maybe he needs to mature a little bit. You know, you run down all the different things even we discussed about, but maybe some of that was heard in his ear. And in, in, in essence, maybe it was just a bad look and this is a way to try to, you know, make it look a little better or feel a little better. Uh, all in all, I mean, we talked about it. These OTAs, man, they're, they're not out there doing what you call serious work. This is a lot of walkthrough, mm-hmm. a lot of where, you know, where you're supposed to be assignment, getting to know guys, you know, uh, you got some new faces here uh, and classroom time. And I think this, you know, and, and it was interesting. We were on our show this past yes. weekend, you know, uh, Mitch, uh, not Mitch, uh, Aaron, who covered Aaron. Aaron Decker, who's our producer on the show, runs our board. He had a different take, you know, he actually yes. helped cover for the, uh, uh, the the station, goes to the press conferences and different things, and you know, and he had a different take. He was like, it really wasn't that big a deal. You know, it's not much going on. And, you know, and from an outside view, I think most would think that. On mm-hmm. the inside, I do, you know, players, they feel and they know what's going on around them and they hear the chatter. And, 
you know, to see an empty seat in a meeting room when you're thinking, man, you know, I thought we were all in on this thing. You know, we, you know, got to a certain point last year. We obviously we want to be better. We want to grow this thing, do this thing. And we see those empty seats and empty chairs and, you know, report. And then everybody's being asked about it. You know, it just becomes more of distraction. And, you know, for, for OTAs, man, like I said, OTAs, I used to love those because those were easy. I didn't like training. You know, we get to training camp when it's physical and it's hurting. That's, you know, but OTAs, I would just expect anybody who contract dispute or not, if you're a part of the team, want to be there, you come in. uh, And like I said, it's it's real light work. So to see everybody or at least some of the names come in is good. Um, I don't think it erases all the questions because from my understanding, Kyler wouldn't answer any questions afterwards. So he's going no press basically. So your presence is there. Your, your body is there, but where's your mind? We don't know because you won't talk to us, but the fact that he did show up and now everybody's talking about it, you know, it's a good thing he's there. Uh, at some point, hopefully they get this contract taken care of because you know the mandatory part of uh, everything is coming up in a couple weeks. I think couple June weeks. 19, yes, sir. mandatory mini camp. And, you know, that's when they can fine you uh, for not showing up. And that's when it also becomes contentious that they start taking your money from you. At the same time, they haven't given you that long-term contract. That's when it can get a little nasty. So we'll see, you know, right now everybody's – Kumbaya, patting each other on the back. He's there. We'll see how long he's there uh, through these next, I think, six, seven workouts. And then we'll go from there. I heard somebody on, uh, I think it was the the flagship of the the Cardinals, mention that or speculate, is he was he only there just because of the kind of to to be with his teammates because of the passing of uh, of, uh, of of Gladney? And, and maybe he'll leave again as a result. And I was thinking, I hope that doesn't happen because you don't you don't just roll out and say what's up. That's that's like going for you go those folks and we've all been there for for you know and and often they're sad situations. Sometimes it's a celebration of life. But you ever roll into town for a funeral and then you roll out? Some people roll out the very next day or that same night because they mm-hmm. say, all right, it's good to see everybody. Yeah, it's good to see you too. We should connect. Oh, I'm out tonight though. I'll see y'all later. And then they bounce out. So I hope that that's not the case that he at least stays through the rest of this week. Um, because that would, I think that conversation or the, the, the tenor of the talk would get a lot louder, uh, if he happens to just leave right away. So I, I, I would hope that that wouldn't be the case. Well, you know how we try to decipher words. And I think I saw something where uh, Kingsbury was asked about his attendance and Kingsbury basically said, well, it's day to day. So that pretty much means there's not much of a commitment from Murray. I would, you know, say he's here for this week. And my question is, what do you got to do next week? Is that important where you couldn't come for the last three or four workouts? You know, I assume you're here. You're, if you're committed, you're in for the long haul. So that will be something to keep our eyes on, mate. And as you mentioned, maybe he was just in it for a minute and it'll be back to status quo next week where he's not here. We'll find out as we move forward. But, you know, these are the times, Jay, where I always like teams that, that where their off seasons are very, very quiet. You don't yeah. hear anything from them. Mm-hmm. Those are, that's, those are good things. Those are off seasons where, you know, everybody's just doing their work. They're showing up. There's no, contract controversy there's no this there's no that yeah and those are the teams that usually get to training camp you still don't hear anything all of a sudden they get to the regular season and the only thing you start hearing from them is noise on the field meaning they're making hmm. things happen 
right. when it's noisy and bumpy all the way through the offseason for whatever the reasons, whether it's who's not in camp, who's got a contract issue, uh, who's not, uh, who's upset about their playing time, who's on the trading block, those type of things. That's when it, when it's that much static, man, it's hard to turn that off when it's time to go to work for real. So this has been a very noisy offseason for the Cardinals for many reasons. And then you throw in the fact that we got hard knocks that's going to be knocking on our door, you know, hmm. right around the middle part of the season. Man, this is not dressing up to be what I would consider like one of those seasons where when we get to the end of it, it's like, man, everything just fell into place. Nah, this one seems like it's going to be rocky all the way through. Man, sometimes you you and I are like connected on a on such a, a cool plane because we are going to transition now as maybe a position group that might be a little bit rocky. Uh, it was reported on Cardswire, uh, Cardswire dot, uh, dot com in terms of, um, uh, why do I, why do I always forget my man's, uh, my man's last name when it comes to it? Um, Vance Joseph, because I sometimes I want to call him by a different first and last name, <laughs> but Vance Joseph, the, de- the defensive coordinator for the Arizona Cardinals, he says that it's it's their time, and he's referring to uh, the position group of the linebackers. So with Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins, we talked we touched on this a little bit last week, where we talked about their um, just especially with Zayvon Collins because that that security blanket that he had last season is no, no longer there because mm-hmm. him, oftentimes it's you you've pointed so uh, correctly is that sometimes if he just wasn't popping on the, he really didn't get a whole lot of snaps similar to Isaiah Simmons the year prior, but they're going to be the, the, they, they are going to be thrown into the fire full time. And I wanted your thoughts as to how do you think they'll be they'll, they'll, they'll be able to uh, perform now that whatever security blankets and those things are, are, are gone. Cause sometimes when you take those training wheels off, that can be a good thing for you. It can also be a disaster depending on how well you perform and you're ready for these pressurized situations. Yeah. Well, you use the word training wheels, man. There's different times when you take the training wheels off. We've all been teaching our kids, you know, how to ride a bike. You got them little training wheels on and we're on a flat surface. Everything is good. You ever make a mistake and let them go downhill by mistake? <laughs> And all of a sudden, it's like he's running, trying to catch up to him. It's like, whoa, oh, man. That's what, that's what this season could be for our young Cardinals uh, linebackers. And the reason is because that veteran presence, you know, you take away, you just remove a Jordan Hicks, <clears throat> who was out to prove something these last couple of years, especially because the Cardinals basically put him on a time clock. They were like, well, you know, you you know, you can come back. We're not even sure you're gonna be the starter because we drafted this guy. And the you next know, thing you know, he was balling, balling. And it turned out that the young rookie Zayvon Collins, he might have been swimming, man. Just like the previous year with with Isaiah Simmons, the game moves fast. You know, you don't have a lot of time to think out there. And if you are thinking too much, you know, we saw what happens, especially a couple times with with Simmons just being lost in space out there. Now the problem is you're gonna have. There are certain positions where you need a veteran presence or you need somebody who is, even if they're a young rookie, is balling and knowing exactly where not only he's supposed to be, but everybody else as well. Because mm-hmm. as we mentioned and on our show on Saturday, Zayvon's now going to be stepping into a role where he might be playing the Mike, <clears throat> Mike linebacker. He's going to be responsible for making all the calls. He's going to yeah. be responsible for getting everybody in the positions that they they need to be in. How many times have you seen you look at the great defenses – 
and uh, Ray Lewis or you know, throw in whatever middle linebacker, he's going to the line of scrimmage and pat somebody on the the on the backside, shoving them into another gap, you know, right, right. alerting them, hey, no, no, not here, here, you know, that type of thing. And they're screaming, pointing out to the outside edges, you know, giving them coverage um, uh, responsibilities and changing things on the fly and everything like that. For Zayvon, man, you're talking about trial by fire, especially – after the the lack of reps and what we're going to have to do, Jay, one of these days, you and I, we're going to go back and look game by game yeah. snaps, and you know, because there were games where he was in single digits. It almost feels like, yeah. you know, one. I can, I can of- tell you, I can tell you right now, for for uh, season seventeen games played, he started six games. Uh, he had thirteen solo tackles, twelve assisted tackles, one tackle for loss. Um, yeah, so a total of twenty five combo thirteen combo tackles, tackles in a season. There are dudes that have yeah. 13 tackles in the game. Buda Baker has had 13 yes, tackles in the game, let alone a season, right? So, like I said, right. this is – it is what it is. This is how the Cardinals have designed it. We went out and we drafted Simmons. We drafted Collins. You know, we let Jordan Hicks go. Now it's time for these young dudes to step up. The problem is, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm very cautious on what to expect from them without a veteran leadership in that group, and we'll see how they – progress and you know it's still time to bring free agents and things in but at the same time the free agents and, and additions after this point they're gonna be learning just like those guys so now here's really something interesting. go ahead i was gonna say here's something that's interesting because one of the things that vance joseph pointed out was the fact that he um that it just as awkward transition to uh to isaiah simmons that he really popped in a way kind of paraphrasing but popped to show some playmaking ability and that's true because there were plays and i'm sure you saw some of those things where just he came and he just was he was just you know full speed yeah. just really impacted plays but remember he was playing alongside who jordan hicks Jordan Hicks, yeah and so now and, you have that yeah. other person now zavin is, is is going to be that jordan hicks and so and i wonder because you played is it because of, is it the salary cap that makes it such that now you have to you almost have to come into this league hitting the ground running and not having the opportunity to sit for maybe two or three, three and a half seasons before they say, all right, now it's time to really ramp you up. You've been, you've, you've gotten some spot duty. Now here we go. Is it, is, could that be it? Or is it just sometimes folks just their learning curve is a little bit longer than others? Well, definitely salary cap and it all the, the some of a lot of us determined today about where a player is drafted. If you're right. a first round pick, uh, no longer is it, well, we'll groom you for a couple of years. And this is at all positions, including quarterback these days. Remember back in the day, you'd go get your quarterback first round, he'd be expected to sit a couple of years, learn, and then, you know, get into the game. You know, now if you're drafted early, first round, regardless of position, you're expected to contribute. And when you don't in that rookie year, it's like they're already talking about you as, you're such and such a bust. And we're talking about like <laughs> after one year. But because Crazy. of where you were drafted, you know, you're expected to come in and, and be contributing right away. Whereas, you know, you get some of these guys in the fourth and fifth rounds and they've won, they're not expected to start, let alone play a whole bunch. But right. when they do, it's like a pleasant surprise. It's like, you know, look at the look at all the, the props that Dak Prescott gets being a fourth round quarterback compared to some of these guys who were first round picks. You know, like I said, they were thrown into the fire. Dak was thrown in by necessity when Tony Romo got hurt. And then he turned mm-hmm. out to be a pleasant surprise, you know. Whereas, you know, like I said, you look at uh, – you go to New York and uh, with uh, Danny Dimes up there, it's like, you know, first-round pick by year three and some change. You're like, man, he, you know, we're not even going to give him that fifth-year option. 
Right. You know, so it it you know, and that that goes like I said for all positions. Uh, both Isaiah and uh, Zavin were first round picks, and they actually moved up to get them. So that made them it was like almost even more. So that's we're expecting even more for you because we made moves to pick you up, and now is no time for that learning curve. Although it's going to be a it's going to be a learning curve. I would expect both of them, Jay, not just to you know obviously doing these mandatory mini camps and things like that. It's going to be for them, it's going to be learn and learn fast. But when we get to preseason, I would expect the both of them to be getting a lot of reps, even right. in the preseason games, because we've seen what happens. You sit them if you want on the, the preseason, but the, you you better have them ready because when game one of the regular season comes, that like you said, you're talking about pushing them down the hill with the training wheels on. Training wheels are off now. And yeah. you know, you're talking about – that that could that could be you'd be running right into the traffic if you're not careful. <laughs> Just before we before we go into uh, to talk a little bit about cornerback options in terms of on the replacement side, one thing that just to read off some of Isaiah Simmons' uh, stats, he did show growth, and so that's that's something we definitely have to to note here. So 2020-2021 season, so he went from uh, 43 solo tackles to 70. He went from 11 assisted to 35 assisted. He went to four. He stayed consistent at four tackles for loss. Um, sacks, two sacks is uh, his rookie year and then uh, one and a half sacks last season. But still, the point being is that there was some growth. So if you're going to if if we need you to pop and flash so that 70, the 70 solo tackles or, or combined 105, we might need 100. You know, solo tackles, you know, to be able to 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 really show that growth and maybe be able to to for that for that position group to really take the next step or to stay consistent so to speak and, and there's a lot of growth happen we talked about some of the the gashes on the run on the run in the run defense uh, as well so is they they definitely the the spotlight is on them for sure and one point I'd like to bring up I give Isaiah Simmons in his class of 2020 meaning around the league you got to remember that was an asterisk year that was the year of covid where right. there wasn't a lot of uh OTA or no OTAs Everything was trimmed down, no preseason, everything for these young dudes to get ready for, uh, or very limited preseason, I should say, for these guys to get ready for a season. So when they basically got the game one, you know, I, I talk about it all the time, getting on the treadmill, not going at three, but going at 12. These dudes had to jump on it fast. Uh, so I give them a lot of credit. That was an off-season loss. Uh, so the fact that uh, Isaiah has been able to make some of that up for me to jump from year one to two is impressive in my mind. Even more impressive, mm-hmm. I should say. Indeed, indeed. So believe in the Arizona Cardinals. Now I'll be the first one to admit, I mean, I you probably know a lot of these players because you play a lot of uh fantasy football and such. But <laughs> but some of the some of the potential um players in terms of replacements for uh, for Gladney um is are are kind of they were listed by Jess Root on cardswire.com. So I'm just gonna run through a couple of them. One gentleman that uh, was already is familiar with the defense, Robert Alford. He was he was mentioned, uh Jack Rabbit Jenkins. Um, played for the Titans last season and he'll be 34 years old. So he's kind of obviously uh, on that, on the, uh, extreme end of in terms of age when it comes to the National Football League. Uh, Trey Waynes, uh, only played five games, uh, five games over the last two seasons for the Bengals. Uh, so, but he's somebody to, to consider. And then Kevin King as well, um, described as extremely talented, length at 6'3 and 200 pounds. He's only 27 years old. So then you know, you, 
Just wonder why would he be available there? I think it was some injury injury issues as well. Uh, then we have what Joe Hayden. Now I'm familiar with Joe Hayden. Uh, he's 33 years old though, so he's kind of you know has been a three time Pro Bowler, but he's a uh, uh, just he missed five games last season. So, you know, those are just a few names. Does any do any of those jump out at you in terms of who you think that the Cardinals should go after? Or is it kind of let's wait and see like who they ultimately decide upon? It's a wait and see for me, Jay. And, you know, the first thing you have to do is an organization. And I know a uh, young man was fresh to our organization, you know, fresh getting here, meaning uh, Gladney. But you have to mourn first. And then after that, and I, I know it's, it's a cruel business, but just that uh, life goes on, business goes on. So I know the Cardinals are probably on the wire, you know, looking around. Uh, some of these other names, there's probably a reason why some of them are still out there, whether it's performance or salary or, you know, different things. Um, we'll see what direction the Cardinals go. I would have at this point absolutely no, uh, you know, and I do play my fantasy football, but you get down to, certain positions, you know, cornerback, and I, I'm not really versed on what even fits the system. So I'm sure they're doing their due diligence, and they'll make some moves. They obviously have to make some moves. Uh, but, you know, first thing, first morning, the loss. But, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll figure out who might be best to come in here. It's a shame, you know, and like I said, it's, it feels funny to even talk about it because it's like, yeah, you know, you, we have to discuss it, but – you know, it's like one of those things, man, this position of all positions, you know, to lose someone, it's, I mean, loss of life, period, is bad. But I'm saying in terms of what we're discussing, you know, cornerback position is something we're already thin out, thin at, and to lose a young man, his life, to lose his life, and then, you know, secondary having to be dealing with that portion of things is just sad. It's just always, mm-hmm. it takes you back to, like, that, that promise, that life unfulfilled, you know, he might have been a great fit here. Um, and unfortunately, we're talking about who was going to be here as his replacement. Indeed, indeed. So believe in the Arizona Cardinals. So we've talked to the last couple of weeks about OTAs and it has been very, very, very um, adamant about, hey, it's not only just the building camaraderie with the with your teammates and just to be able to understand and get to know each other's personalities. But it's especially for those folks who are new to the team to be able to understand the playbook, both offensively and defensively of the playbook. Now, you played on the offensive side of the ball as a as as a tight end. I, I just want to just give me a few minutes and maybe we'll probably come back to this in different parts of the season because it's amazing. I've, you hear about these playbooks and how they are like they could be, you know, 50 pages, 100 pages, whatever it is. And how and, and you you hear sometimes the stories of players that <laughs> are that don't know the playbook. And so it's implied that they just might not be as smart as some other players and others that know the playbook and live and die in the playbook. What is what is it like, at least when you were playing, when you got when you were handed that playbook in terms of how thick it was, and the <clears throat> types of plays and then second. What was the percentage over the course of the season? How much of that playbook did you really use? Or was it just a handful of plays that you used over and over again? So so take it wherever you want it, man. Man, we could talk about this for days, bro. <laughs> and I've seen my share of playbooks. And sometimes I've seen you know, multiple playbooks in a season, meaning, you know, one started the season here and I got released. The next, you know, a week or so later, I'm in another offense. Gotcha. And here's the thing, Jay. Playbooks, like when you – at the start of the season – it's, it's like an almanac they, because they want to incorporate everything from the first page to the back page. And that's just to get you familiar with in case in week 16, we pull this out. You see, this isn't the first time you've seen it. So, and you know, in the mini camps and OTAs and stuff like 
you're looking at stuff and that'll be the last time you look at it, like I said, until week 16 possibly. <laughs> but all of this stuff is expected to be learned or at least put in the vault, right? Yes. And it is so intimidating, bro. I remember getting those playbooks and like just fingering through and it's like, I got to know all of this. And then you get into installs. You know, you get into this today. We're putting in these six running plays and we're going with these four passing plays. The problem is, Jay, these six running plays, you can run these against six different fronts, an odd front, an even front, a blitz yeah. look. Um, you know, they might have an extra linebacker. So these are all the things. This one play, you have to know how to run it against the over, against a 4-3. If they come out and throw something crazy, it's like a 4-3. This is how we're going to – 3-4, this is how we're going to block it. Yeah. This is a responsibility here. You guys double. You guard and tackle, you double up the linebacker. Or in this look, tight end tackle, you guys double. Or you all go solo, you go reach out, that type of thing. So these are all the things that are going through your mind as you're looking at these plays. One – I'm just I like, guess. let me let me run a nine route. Oh my god! No. <laughs> and let, let's talk about that, Jay. As a okay. tight end, as a tight end, I go to the line of scrimmage and I got a particular route, right? Yeah. Oh no, that changes if it's covered two. That means the middle of the field is open. As a tight end, you're running a route that might have taken you on the dig route. No, now you got to run a post through that cover two to take that linebacker up the field because we're trying to create something underneath. But if yeah. you run that twelve yard dig. You're keeping him in the picture, and that's your behind because you ran the wrong route. If it's man coverage, you got to do this. Woo. If it's blitz, Jay, if they come out and run a blitz and you happen to be the hot route, you're expected to break your route off and become the quarterback's outlet. And if you don't do that, you're the hot route. You don't yeah. do that. Quarterback's looking at you getting up off the ground after some 320-pound man has just laid him out, looking Woo. at you like, what you know, these are all the things, Jay that go into a playbook. And it's, the. I mean, it's, it's. and then, Jay, I'm not even going to talk to you about, hey, we have checks. We'll go to Ooh. the line, and this is called, but we're going to practice, because if they give us this front, we can't run this against that. Look, now we're going to check. So you got to know your checks. You got, bro, it gets so crazy. And then just, I don't want to beat this dead horse, but every offer, because there's only so many ways you can run power, right? Right. But everybody's got their own verbiage. Everybody's got their own formations calls. Everybody's got their own motions as a tight end. I got to know the difference between zig and zag and yin and yang if I'm a tight end. You know, <laughs> in this offense, it was, you know, why over. But in this one, it's, uh, you know, why whatever, you know, that type of thing. Why it becomes so complicated. And that's the biggest thing. The smart players, like I said, you, you put everything in the bank and you, you know, you can decipher it quickly. Yeah. The last thing I'll say about it all is it, it as far as the playbook, they give you that big chunk, right? Yeah. Once you get to the season, now we have our playbook verse like say we're playing the uh, 49ers in the first week. We have our trim down version of our playbook we're running against the 49ers in week 1. But in the meanwhile, we work through the offseason trying to figure all this stuff out. They just want to try it all out, right? Yeah. You get to week 1, you get your playbook. These are the 15 running plays we're going to run during the week, our 15 pass plays. By the time you get to the end of it, the quarterback and the offensive corner, everybody knows what they like against this and their looks. We trim that down even a little more. So we go into that week. We have our game plan. We get to the night before, walk through, and finals even a day of, you know, there's corrections and everything being made. Now you go out, you play that game, you make your mistakes, you make your great plays. You come back in, Jay, you bring that playbook in. Well, now they have their tablets and stuff. But you right. bring that in, 
it's all wiped from the screen because next week we're playing the Rams. They got a totally different front. They got different personnel. We can't block this against – can't block this play against them, even though it's the same play we're running, but we can't mm-hmm. block this against the Rams that we would against the 49ers either because of personnel or fronts or this and everything. Everything we learned last week, off the board. It's all brand-new learning for this week. And there are certain things that will come over because they like how we ran this last week. And we can combo this. We can do that. But nothing is a guarantee, man. And no no responsibility or verbiage or anything is a guarantee. It's week to week uh, once you get into the season. But right now is when you're trying to cram as much information into those brains as you can. So when the season comes, you know, like I said, it's not the first time they're seeing it. But it's a learning process. From And what what I hate, I hated those coordinators. They wanted to be the smartest, smartest coordinator in the room. So yeah. they had all the extra verbiage and extra this. And, you know, that. and, like, my favorite thing was keep it simple, man. If you want me to go in motion or start here or do this, let's just as little as you wanted to cram into my brain. Uh, you know, quarterbacks always felt sorry for them. I mean, sometimes just getting a play called, hmm. you know, slot this, right, Z-wing, uh, you know, river this, by, and coverage, but. By the time they were done, I'm like, what the hell you say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to come back to that. That's, I, that. I think that is so fascinating. And so that, and therefore, the importance of coming to an OTA, just to, if nothing else, because oh. I know for me, you know, I'm, I'm not a dumb individual. I think I like to think that I have a decent amount of intelligence, but I need to be exposed to something. For example, people listening, they know that, that I, that I, I'm an artist. I, I rap a little bit. So when I'm memorizing my verse, if I know I got a show coming up on Saturday, today's Thursday, I'm going through and I'm, I'm practicing it today. Then I'm going to practice it again tomorrow because tomorrow when I wake up, because I practiced it t- on Thursday, I'm going, it'll, it'll stick a little, it'll stick a little bit more. So if you think about the same thing, when it comes to trying to, trying to soak up the, the playbook, the more time that you have, the more you're giving your, your brain an opportunity to, to be able to, to, as you mentioned, kind of put it in the bank and put it, put it in those cells and being able to recall it when necessary. And that can help the learning curve. Yeah. And the crazy part, Jay, no matter how much you, you know, the, studied it. And I mean, I would go home with my playbook and my, at the time I'm dating myself, we'd have our videotape and, you know, I'd plug it into VCR and I'm going back and forth, looking at these fronts, how we're blocking this, uh, going through everything. The crazy part, man, you get out there on the field and every now and you're going to have them brain cramps when you got 75, 80,000 people screaming and a yeah. check is called or something like that, or they flip-flop into a front you haven't seen before. That's when it's total chaos. When <laughs> you come off the field and like, wait, we practiced this all week and they jumped into that. And that's when you, back, back in the day, you used to see all the pictures, everybody sitting over there looking through them. Now they got yeah. the tablets and everything. So even as much as you prepared as well as you thought you were ready, had the playbook memorized that man, they throw something at you you weren't expecting. And that not that's not just for us. That's why they have coaches up in the booths as well, because they're calling down like, hey, we didn't plan for that. We got to <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we're gonna get into it some more so at a later date. But yeah, this you have been listening to Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. Make sure you tell a friend and tell a friend about what we going got going on here. And obviously you can now catch us also on the Sirius XM app. So on behalf of the one and only Ed Easy Smith, I am Javon J. Love Adams, and we are presented by Bet Online. And as we always like to say around this time, are you kidding? Until next week, be easy out there. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.